Hey guys, it's Roz, your host on Recharge, Rebuild and Restore. Come join me at 7pm every Sunday to empower people from all walks of life with life lessons, shared stories, tricks and tips for life. Come follow me at R3NRoth. Hey guys, welcome back to Recharge, Rebuild, and Restore. Um, today, I am so grateful. It's the new year. It's new ideas. Beautiful people to listen and, and come onto the podcast. And I'm here with an amazing young man I met a long time ago. And without any further ado, I would like to welcome Mr. Saul Manchando to the podcast. Welcome, Mr. Saul. Yeah, it would be cool if we have some people to just uh, give a round of an applause for the end for the intro. We got to work on that. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna add it for me in another in another segment. How about that? Welcome, uh, you to podcaster. Well, thank you. And and how are you? Um, yeah, like I said, um, I'm a little great and a little amazing, so I uh, can't complain. Mm-hmm. A little tired. Okay. You know what they say: if you're young, um. You can't, you don't get tired, so. Don't yeah. get too tired now. Um, so because the audience will know who you are and because I know you personally, can you please tell the audience a little bit, who is Mr. Saul Manchando? Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think what not to say um, <laughs> about me, yeah. So, only you, only you. Yeah, what, what is it about me that uh, I that is that I can share to the world that is civilized enough to not get me in trouble. Um, I mean, I can talk about what I do. Um, so when I was in college, when I was in college, I did social science for like maybe two, was it two years or a year and a half. And, and I remember I was trying to, I was trying to look for something else and I was just walking in the hallway one day. And then I just saw like this guy with the camera and I'm like, what do you do? And then he told me the program is in. And then from then I just applied for the program. And then I just joined in, I just joined um well I applied for the program and I joined. And from there it was just like history. Um since I had to learn about it. I will say though, yeah, something like that, right? Well yeah. Cause for the most part I know what I was thinking was like, okay, I need to find something that I can somewhat tolerate. That's what it was about, right? Because I was starting to notice it was like, okay, the idea of doing something that I'm just in love with 24 seven, I'm right. not saying it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. but it probably does not exist, but I'm right. not saying it doesn't. Um, so when I kind of noticed that I was like, okay, let me try to find something that I can at least tolerate to a certain degree that I can just do for like 10 years straight mm-hmm. without really having to feel like this is just miserable. And right. just, you know, um, it's like when you ask me, uh, tell me by yourself. And part of it when I was in college, there was a lot of figuring that out. Like when I was in social science, um, I just, like I just learned a lot of things about myself. It was the first time I was also alone, alone. Right. Um, just as far as like from high school. But so yeah, it was more so, I felt like it was something that I can tolerate, that I can be okay. patient enough with, and that's right. why I kind of chose it. And okay. yeah, it was definitely the only thing that um that I had because that was the only program I got accepted in in that time. So, so. Mm-hmm. so now that you choose this program, 
Are you happy in what the choice you made of the career that you choose? Or are you doing it because you just want to see that you are occupying doing something? You know, <laughs> yeah, like at first I thought I was happy, but man, happiness comes and go. Like happen, I can't even rely on that. But um, right, right. But, but you know, this this there's different parts to it, right? It's like in any right. in any business, you probably have at least minimum three things you're dealing with. It's either you're actually dealing the hands-on or the paperwork, right. there's always uh, those stuff. So like I like 70% of it and I don't like 30% of it. And I'm only saying that to put in perspective of the happiness, right? Like, you right. know, right. I'm happy when everything is going well, but maybe I'm not mm-hmm. so happy when I have to like chase clients to be like, right. yo, yeah. You know, my money and all of that. But it's, it's, it's distant. It's something that, like I said, I probably would put it on a, I can tolerate it and I don't mind doing it. It doesn't make me feel like it's a lot of work. Right. So that's how I kind of look at it. It's not so much of a crazy passion, but I'm, I got some good joy. Maybe not happy, but yeah, I'm kind of happy too with it. <laughs> so but you see this, the whole thing is whatever we do in our lives we have to be passionate and we have to love what we do that when we get up in the morning to do it we feel like it's no work it's just joy I think it brings our joys in you it makes you happy it makes you feel like you're making someone else happy because when you see the, the product of what you're doing and people are so happy and grateful then it makes you happy as well and and in everything that we do in our lives there will be ups and downs there will be high and lows there'll be 10 percent yeah. what we like and 10 percent we don't like and we like 90 percent. but overall speaking would you say that you are happy with what you're doing right now oh yeah now nah, for sure uh, i don't i wouldn't see myself doing anything else at least for now so okay. i would say that and while you're doing that did you have you have someone to give you counseling were you able to just come up with the idea that say you know what okay this is what it is so i'm gonna just do that for as my passion or are you are you passionate about what you're doing or you're doing it because you want to just survive yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a combination of probably all of it. Right. That's a good combination of all of it, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So seeing that you have that combination where everything that you're trying to build for yourself, you have a passion, you, you're trying to figure out how to put everything together and have a balance. Yeah. What would you say that was more challenging to you to your, with your um? With this new um journey that you're on, I definitely will put like the mentalness. Yeah, like mentally. Like I was thinking about it too. Like I would think sometimes I'll see people that would, like stick with one job or like do jobs they don't like. You know, like right certain nine to fives that don't like. And then I'll look at it and I'm like, man, why wouldn't you just like do what you want to do or like what you like? Funny when I was doing what I was doing, because a lot of it too is because it's a vision, right? So only you right. know really what you want. So it's mm-hmm. not really about like other people being mm-hmm. not seeing again because mm-hmm. who are they, right? Only you see it. So like mm-hmm. I would say a lot of mentalness for me, that was just mm-hmm. a big part of it. It was just um like things you just wouldn't th- you just wouldn't know how to deal with too, like contracts and stuff like right. that. Cause you know, like you're getting in situations with people that have like 30 years of experience and you only have one year, like right. there's people getting you alive, like they they can Until- take every piece of advantage they can. And right. I don't blame them. Who wouldn't want the most out of the contract, right? So right. Um, I would say that was definitely one of the most challenge- challenges as far as mm-hmm. so mentally, 
Um, I would probably say one of the challenges too is just tapping into that place where you just like where you uh where business kind of have a rhythm. That's right. probably one thing. Uh, mm -hmm. when I, where I, and that's why it was it was hard to kind of say if it was a passion, just because there's like the passion part, but when you start like doing stuff, the business, business size, the business size, mm -hmm. little, you know, it's a little different. It just takes the passion part away. So like for me, it was just uh just trying to figuring out, and that's like that's that was one of the most uh, hardest part. And it's the same thing when people ask you when you're young, they say like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Mm -hmm. Man, that's one of the hardest questions ever. Like, it's hard to know because it's like, it's like you like a lot of things, but you feel like you got to choose one thing and you're right. trying to figure out like, what do you want? And so a lot of like making things like making sense and it just be a lot of like mistakes because I know me too. Like, I ain't, I'm probably going to mistake and then be like, oh man, I should have listened to you first. Right. So that doesn't help too. So like my discipline was not so much on point. There's a lot right. of character stuff, really. A lot of character stuff and mental stuff that I feel like is underestimated. But as far as like everything else, once I get, had my mental figured out, mm -hmm. um, that definitely helped a lot because the perspective of everything changed. You know, it's like, like I give an example, like I know things like rejection, for example, is like to get rejected, let's say with like a contract or like I'll look at it and say like, you know what, maybe it means there's something about me I need to fix, right? I'm better exactly. off looking at it like that right. than saying, right. like, well, right. screw those people. But I'll say, yeah, I'll just for that, I'll say mentally, that's mm -hmm. probably what comes to mind. And just, like, getting the rhythm of business as far as, like, getting your money coming in the flow financially, all of that, and uh, right. stability, character right. stuff. But I just felt like I was a baby, and then I'm doing, like, this like all this work and all this business stuff but I felt like I was like a six-year-old so yeah. I didn't even so, know what I was struggling with like I just okay. knew something was not right but right so so would you say that what were you intimidated when you go somewhere say for example and you you meet this this photograph this um flame directors that has almost 30 years of um experience and you were just coming in new and fresh from from the um from outside and how were you feel were you intimidated were you were you scared were you uh, feel like yeah uh, you you wasn't belonging or were you you had a confidence in yourself to say you know what everyone have their own style everyone have their own ideas and i'm taking this and i'm showing it to you and it's your choice to pick me or not and how did you deal with rejection it's on the note of like was i confident uh, i mean one thing though i will say about me as much as i would get intimidated like I like to use people around me as teachers. So like, that's why, like, even if it's like my friends, whatnot. So like, right. So what I do in most situations, like I look at someone and then like, if I know they're good at something and then I'll just, I'll just base relationships off that and just focus right. on that thing they're good at. So an example would be when I meet people who are good, it's funny, a friend of mine actually just called me before you call me. He's like, yo, I'm at this cinematography. He does movies. You should get with him. And my first thing is like, oh, this person is better than me great because right. i'm trying to do exactly better, right? uh -huh. yes so, yes let's do it this person is better than me and people who mm -hmm. are not even better than you too you learn just as equal interesting just, enough right being right. a student or being a teacher so yes. people who are not better who are like who i'm better than just as far as like the taking time to practice the craft not better like as a person but right um but that i'll be better than when i'm um helping them out i just i'm also learning a lot and people who are better than me I'll just stick with them and just and just submit myself with them and just trust whatever they tell me to do. I'm just doing it because 
I trust that they know what they do. So on that part, um, and you know, you, you deal with those stuff too, right? Just like, cause you haven't been doing it for a long time. You don't have that much trust in your progress. Um, right. It's like mm -hmm. those, those insecurities for sure. Right. Um, and I will say one thing that I was glad that happened when I was, when I started my program too, when I was mm -hmm. filming, I was just filming for fun. And I know it sounds corny, but people, like you hear people say stuff like I was just doing it for fun and it worked right. out. Right. Like I was just filming for fun. Right. But I know when I started like tapping into the business side, that's when I started thinking about like the whole insecurity thing or like, is right. it good enough? Right. But like when I was doing it, even like mm -hmm. a child was just doing it to just do it. And mm -hmm. so I didn't have time to really like question, like to have insecurities because I wasn't really thinking about it being good. I was just doing it. And one mm -hmm. time someone was like, it's good. And that's when I um think it. But um, and also to add on this, I think your other part of the question was rejection. Right. Um, yeah, you know, rejection is very, it, rejection is real, right? Like you, you want to. Um, it's not a, it's not a, um, and I guess, you know, and I think, I think every guy starter pack is like rejections in life. And I'm like, how you guys didn't do this? I thought <laughs> this is what you go through when you're like 12, right. like when you're right. 14, like, you know, mm -hmm. I remember one time a couple of years ago, this girl, but I just knew it was a fake number. Like I just knew cause she was the <laughs> friend. I told her, I told her straight up. I was like, yo, look, I ain't even going to lie to you. I know there's a fake number, but really, I appreciate you for not really trying to hurt me. Because I can tell, like, she really just right. felt bad. Like, I'm not trying to hurt this guy. And I was like, yo, that is dope. I really appreciate that. But me being me, though, like, right. one thing that I learned to do was, okay, instead of, okay, if if she gave me a fake number, what I started being interested was, why would why did you do that right what is right. it about me and and i'm not right. she might have a wrong judgment but i'm really interested in being a better person really right. at the end so, of the day so i'm like so i started approaching rejections from that point um because mm -hmm. i used to that used to happen to me a lot when i used to apply for jobs which is why i started doing stuff on my own right uh, i would apply for jobs and they don't even bother they don't even bother telling me um why you're not, you're not you're not even qualified like you can't even we're not accepting your application they're not even you know they don't even bother like rejecting me to tell mm -hmm. me like you can't make it and right. and i remember used to get to me i'm like man why they're not hiring me and then one time years later i just thought about it. i was working at this place doing hr and then i remember like a lot of cvs coming in and then i was like hold up they're not it's nothing personal they have like 300 cvs first of all and they only have two positions but another thing that I noticed too was like, maybe there's something wrong with me. That was right. one thing that I approached. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking at my CV and then I started reading my CV. Mind you, I have not read my CV for like two years. Type right. Thing. right. And I didn't even do it. I didn't even bother doing my CV. Someone else helped me with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't care type thing. And then I was looking at my CV. I was like, I wouldn't hire me, you know? Right. And, and then I noticed, I was like, you know, there's a good reason why they're really not calling back, right? Because exactly. maybe this CV needs some fix up. And I fixed my CV, and funny enough, I got, I got. That's when I started getting like some jobs. When I started paying more attention to my CV instead of like fixing it all the time, and so, so, so yeah. would you say? Would you say which rejection it makes you look deeper into yourself that you have to work on yourself to be a better version than what you were before? 
Because if you had just stayed where you are and settled in that space, you would have never changed to be better. But because you were rejected, you went back and you take a look at what you have to fix and apply the better version of what you want to be. Right? That's a good uh, that's a good paraphrase. Yeah. Yeah. And and too, you talked about um we say so many things. You talk also about when you were going through um, the the flaming and you liked it, but you were just doing it. And then also again, you talked about when you feel rejected, that you had to go back and ask the question why. So what was your why that you decided to stay with this career? One and two, do you know that you always grow? in your life and you always have to have people in your life that will encourage you to be better than who you are, push you to be, um, to look more deeper into yourself, encourage you on a financial level, spiritual level and emotional level. So it's always important to have that five. And if you have that five, you will always be in a place where you have to always be growing. Because if you're not in that five, you wouldn't be growing. You're going to be stigmatized. You're going to be just stuck in the same place, doing yeah. the same thing, and not going forward or backward, they're just in the same position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's definitely mm-hmm. some uh, truth to that. Yeah. So as a young man of color, as a young man of color, what would you say was difficult in your program and now what challenges do you face as a flea maker? I ain't gonna lie to you, Auntie Rosalind. I think what's his name? I think I think it's uh Charlemagne that came with the book called Black Privileges. Right. I don't know if you know him. I right. am gonna lie. Um yeah, I'm 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 it's a lot of black privileges for me happening. Um <laughs> I was just Why saying so? that Why? Why? You know, one thing I when I came to America, you know, when, when I was in America, because since I'm living in Canada my most part. Like when I came to America, I felt the difference of like, it was one of the first times I really kind of felt like, oh yeah, I'm black. And it wasn't like, <laughs> how? How was that? How? Black, but it was just, and like, mind you, I ain't really thinking about it like that. But when I came, it was just this feeling, especially when I was in New York. But outside in the countryside, it's a little different. People are different in America in the countryside. They're more polite and all that. But, um, yeah, when I was in New York, that was the first time I felt it. I was like, whoa. And everywhere I go, usually when I'm in America, I kind of felt that there's black people, there's white people, and then there's Hispanics. And right. there's always that vibe. Um, and I, well, I figured I had to get around it, you know. Um, we can sit here and complain that it's not working out for me. But I will say, though, I mean, you know, with me, and and I won't even take credit on that. Honestly, it's just it's just that thing of like it's really just God who just like because for for me it, it gets to a point where you know it's bigger than it's bigger than me type thing. And I, I can say maybe I've been in situations that you know maybe my skin might have been an issue, but at the end of the day, it's like. God is really running it. So it's like, as long as God is opening the doors for me and doing the, you know, making it, making the way for me, that's really what it is about. And most of the stuff really don't really like, you don't really get in my way because like, 
God is already like, you know, clearing that way for me. So that's that's how I feel. Like I never really experienced like any like disadvantages from just being like um male and black, right? Okay. And- Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so what what challenges you face that you, that make you feel you were black when it was in New York? Ah, uh, uh, see, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I hate to be the person that kind of like have to say something with that that make me feel like I don't really have evidence for it. Because you know, it's like ain't really something I can really pinpoint and say this is a fact. You know, so well, just to be clear on that, I'm definitely not saying it's a fact. Uh, it's, it's maybe a feeling. Some feeling it's a, maybe would you it's say would, would you say it's a feeling that you had when when you walked into someone's space and the experience that you felt? You felt like you didn't belong in that that place, or was it something that they say, or was it something that they do that make you feel uncomfortable and know that oh, okay, so I know now. I see. I see. It's different here. Um. Like, I think I knew when when I realized, because then one thing I also got to mention, like, I also realized, like, I'm not that t- I'm not that black from a point of, like, when I was here, I could also not really fit in with, like, the black people in America, too. Like, black people mm-hmm. in America, they're a whole type of different, like, you know? Mm-hmm. But I could not also, like, be in with, like, the white people, too, type thing, right? So right. from there, I kind of knew, like, I was just in, like, this middle ground. But, I mean, you know what it is? I think it's just probably, like, the relationship. So I give an example, like, just, like, society-wise. So, like, when I went to school, like, you've you been to Abbott before. So I went to Abbott. And, you know, I've been in classes where it's, like, most of my classes are the only black kid. But, like, you can just tell by, like, how people interact with each other. Like, I don't really, like, when I'm in Canada, like, when I'm approaching white people, like they approach me, it's, it ain't really, you don't really, it's very natural type thing. Right, but like right. I think when I was right. just in America, it was just different. Yeah. It's different. And I, yeah. it's more of like a feeling, you know, and you don't know, and you don't, I don't really know how to put it, but you just know when certain things are not feeling right. Right. And right. It's kind of like when you feel not welcome. Yeah. Well, what um, do you have any crazy story to share about your travels and how you're able to make it and things like that that you can you can remember and laugh at right now at the time when you was um, on your different um, right now right now right. <laughs> it's an everyday thing with me. I'm noticing. I'm like, I get. It's funny. Someone, someone, someone had asked something like. How you doing? And I think I said I'm okay. And then I was like, at a point, is it what? So it's a can. No, no. This asked something like, "How you doing?" And I think I said something I'm okay. And it just felt like at a point, you just go, you just go through, you just go through like a lot of like, let's say hard times, or you just right. go through a lot of bad times. You actually think that's a new normal. It's like you right. probably been like not doing well for like ten years, but. Is, is being so normal that you think that's good now, right? Right. Um, but I say that to say, um, so funny. I was by the border. And I mean, I can tell you this one. I can actually tell you how I started in New York, actually. 
Um, <laughs> now, cause I just had a situation by the border with like, I was trying to cross the border and then they'll give me a hard time. So it turns out my friend, little sister had gave me like a $50 bill that's fake. She gave me this like oh. months ago. Cause I give them rides in my car all the time. And one time I was like, yo, hold up. You got to stop paying for this rice because this gas is going up. She like seven, six, you know, and she gave me, <laughs> a, she gave me that $50 bill. Right. And I obviously I knew it was fake, but you know, kids, you got it. I played out, but I forgot about this money and it was under my seat. So I go by the border. Woo woo. They, <laughs> they get the search and whatever. The guy finds the money. And the other guy gave it to me. The other guy was like, let me see that. It's fake. We got to check that. So now I'm at the border. I'm looking like a criminal now. I'm I'm a oh, oh, in trouble. Oh, boy. Oh, the, my goodness. FBI at the border, but they got them patrol people. So I got like 30 officers. But I'm chilling because I know I'm good. I'm like, look. And the yeah. officer was like, okay, so where did you get this money? And I already had explained the situation. And I told the office, I was like, look, if I tell you the truth, you think I'm making it up. So I don't even want to bother tell you what really happened because a six-year-old right. gave money. Like, how does that even make sense? Exactly. Um, long story short, right. I go through this whole four-hour thing by the border. And, you know, they have nothing to do. So they have time, time. Oh, yeah. so, they, <laughs> so I did that. And... Finally, I crossed. Um, I go to New York. I was trying to film a wedding at one one time, right. and and mind you, I never been to the place. I just put the place in the Google for my house. Like I was just chilling at my couch looking for jobs, and I accidentally like click like New York City, <laughs> and oh, then boy. I just apply, and then. The guy hit me up. He responded like, yeah, sure. Come over. And I look on the, I look, I'm like, yeah, sure. Send me the address. I'm there. Sorry. So I promised this guy. I already told him like, look, it's set. He sent me the address. I'm like, and this is right after college. I'm like, whoa, this is far. This is Yeah. And I just get in the car. But I had no choice because I had no job. I had no life. You know, I'm already hearing, like, go get a job. So what's the worst that can happen? Like, nothing. <laughs> go get life a job. Go get a job. Life was already bad, right? It's like when people say you're brave. It's like, no, I'm not brave. I'm just doing what I, the only option I have, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, so life was already bad. So I was like, okay. So I did that. And then, and then from there, I just... I just met this random guy. And then after that, he just like called me. He's like, yo, come back. And um, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, it's funny. Like I was just noticing, I was like, I have a lot of moments. I just felt like a lot of luck, but. Very good. Awesome. Awesome. And then you had been to Chicago, I think as well. And then you, what happened with a car situation? That was a very good story as well. Chicago. Yeah, when you had to sleep in your car. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Auntie Rose and like, I ain't gonna lie, the point that was a lifestyle. I thought that's normal. Oh. Um, I mean, I give an example, like right now I'm actually on the road. Right. And 
right before you called me, I was two hours in into driving, and I'm like, man, let me take a nap so I don't sleep on her. Um, <laughs> so I just left my car right there just a couple hours ago. <laughs> Well, you have a very that's, you have a very clear office because I'm hearing you very clearly. So that's awesome. <laughs> a couple hours ago, now because yeah, I'm yeah. traveling to another city. But um, yeah, I think. But you know, when I stepped my car, it was by accident though, because what had happened was someone had they had called me to come work, but I'm not thinking much about it. And me being me, my first answer is usually yes. Like I'm the last person to say no, so I'm probably gonna say yes. So. They um they called me for that and then I said yes, but I wasn't even thinking about what am I gonna where am I gonna sleep where am I gonna eat I wasn't mm -hmm. thinking about none of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I finished the job and I was like whoa I can't even go back home like home right. is like hours away. Right. I was like I I had a good sleeping bag a friend of mine oh that sleeping bag was good and she rolls and we talking about <laughs> minus twenty I'm sweating in that sleeping bag like. <laughs> It was just, and I, I have, and I have no shame saying this, but I was sleep. I would, I would sleep more in my. I would oversleep in my car than I would in my own bed. Oh boy, oh uh, boy. But that was just because. Oh, the first time I will say though, I lost my car keys when I went to do a wedding actually in Boston, and I pretty much. Well, I had nowhere to go, and then my car was open, and then that's how I slept in my car. So that was actually the first time I slept in my car because I lost my car keys, but my mm -hmm. car was open. Mm -hmm. And they had to ship my car keys, and those three days, I kind of had to, like, figure it out. And I guess from there, that's when I just realized, like, oh, this is pretty normal. And I will say, though, the main reason why I like sleeping in the car because I did the same thing when I had an apartment. I had a bed, but I was still sleeping on the floor because I was too I was too scared to be comfortable. Because when you oh. when you stay in the car, wow. The only thing I had to do was when I wake up, I have no choice but to get on my feet. Right. But then when I have like like I just finished my lease when I was in Toronto. When I had my apartment in Toronto. Like, there was a difference. It's like, I have time. I'm in my house, and, like, the shower is nice. The right, bed is right. comfortable. It right. takes me hours to get outside the house. But when I was sleeping in my car, I was so on point, and I was not missing opportunities. Like, you would call me, and I'm there. But when right. I kind of got my place, I ain't going to lie. I just get comfortable and stuff, and it wasn't so do like that, you, so so would you say that sleeping in your car give you challenges to be to be a better person on your time schedule, on managing your lifestyle, and and managing you to be where you are right now, or is it because you're just a carefree person that just feel free to go whenever you like and don't have to worry about anything? Definitely not carefree. Um, <laughs> if anything, it's a lot of caring. That's why we're sleeping in the car, right? It's like, oh, if, okay. if, if I don't, if I don't. <laughs> There was not a lot of care. We'd definitely be chilling in my mother's house 24-7. Um, right. um, wait, repeat the question again. Repeat that part of the question. Uh, no, I said, seeing that you were sleeping in the car, were you saying that you didn't want to be comfortable? That's why it challenged you to be a better person who you are. Or if you did was not in the car, you would just be comfortable and not do as much as you doing. But it makes you grow to be a better person and to challenge you to be the best version of what you are right now. 
you know the I was I was thinking about like the idea of like being motivated and all of that and sometimes like I'll miss some of my friends or like you know how there's always someone who's like worse than you and someone who's better than you, right? Yeah. So you meet someone who's you know, you meet someone who's worse than you, it's like they'll make you feel like you are just doing some impossible stuff, right? And right. you meet someone who's better than you, like a Bill Gates, you just make you realize, oh yeah, I know you're not doing nothing with your life, right? Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. but I say that to say, I think for me a lot of maybe then it was really a game of uh, acquiring responsibilities because that's what I noticed. It's like a lot of the difference between sometimes when it comes to like success and like doing things is you wanna you wanna have responsibilities in your life. You know, I mean, you have right. kids, so you you know how it is to yes, for sure. Once you have those kids, all of a sudden, like the Rosalind that used to wanna like do nothing all day, right. all of a sudden is up twenty four seven holding babies. Yes, yes, and, yes. You know. And it will seem like you have superpowers, but it's just right. like responsibilities does that to you, right? So that's something I understood very early. So a lot of like me doing like how I move like that is very strategic from a point of I'm actually setting responsibilities. Right. Um, like if I go to a new place, I don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm forced to move around. I'm forced to like do things I'm not really comfortable with or talk to people because I have no friends. So like you start noticing like, oh man, you really need friends. Like I never thought I needed like, people to feel like I was alone. I was like, oh, okay. And now mm -hmm. I get why people, um, whatever, whatever. So, friends in the lives, um, right. So would you, right. So would you give an advice to a young man or woman to, to do this program? Do you think it's worth it to to for you to advise a young person to say you know you it's a good program you should look into it? Man, um, oh, that for sure, that for sure. I mean, you know, whenever anything that has to do with like getting knowledge, getting information, you know, it's fun. It's like me talking to you right now. Would right. I advise someone to talk to you? Yes, mm -hmm. from a point of like, whenever you get the opportunity to right. get information, to get knowledge, right. it don't really matter what it is, right? Like I did social science and yes, maybe it wasn't for me, but I had to do it to know it wasn't for me mm -hmm. or else I wouldn't have known. So like, maybe if you do the project, the program, for example, it might come out two ways. You might realize it's not for you or you realize it's for you, but Either right. way, you get the same results because it's also important to know what is not for you, too. That's also very important. So right. um, I would definitely advise anyone to do that. Oh, for sure. 100%. Communications. Right. Arts, literature, and communications, to be exact. Right. Communication, pardon, and something else. I didn't hear it. Say it again. Oh, I say arts, literature, oh, arts. communications. Okay, That's so they have to get into this. They have to be in this program so they could go into the flaming program. Okay, and do you do you think that a uh, uh, a young person of you, your age, uh, needs a mentor, or do you think it's needed? <clears throat> um. Yeah, for sure. You know, you know that's one thing that like a lot of. It's funny. Someone was telling me some. Someone I hear some. Some young people, I don't know, know what it was. I think it was like school. Someone say something like old people this, old people don't know nothing. Or like they were helping someone older with internet something. And then I was laughing. I'm like, wait, 
old people don't know the internet. I'm like, old people made the internet. That's right. What are you talking about, right? It's like old people made the internet, but you're making fun of old people that don't know nothing. It's like, no, they made they made the comfort you are living in right now. They made they made the lifestyle that is making you have the privilege to even just say they don't know anything. Like that's a big privilege, you know. And I say that to say, um, yeah, you definitely want to have a lot of respect into people that have done it. Um, you know, it could be as simple as me talking to you. It's just like, you know, there's, there is a respect of, okay, well, if this person being on earth longer than me, they definitely have something I don't know to a certain degree. They don't have to be that smart, but that's right. They, you know, they have something. So, um, I definitely, I definitely encourage people to, um, to really put a lot of respect into people that have done their stuff, done their craft. And take mm-hmm. advantage of them and um, well, allowing them to be a mentor, right? And you'd be surprised how many people are just willing to help. That's also like another oh, sure. thing, right? Yes. It's like yes. the amount of people that are just that just show me like help, just as far as like people who are older than me, right. people mm-hmm. who have done it, like yeah. it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, to, and I took I think to also sometimes we forget that if you don't ask, you will never know. And if we don't knock, and the door will never open. And two, fear keeps us back because he said, oh, you're not good enough. You don't think you should do it. I don't think you can. And that's what plays in our mind. But if you surround yourself with people that is on the same pathway as you, and as you said, and older people that is more knowledgeable because they was there before you, they can always guide you into the right directions. It's up to you to take it, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what would you say... Um, uh, what will you want to leave as a legacy for you? Um, um, legacy. Mm-hmm. When, when you are not around, who would you want someone to say, oh, that was Saul? What was they say what was Saul? What characteristic did Saul leave behind? What impact did Saul leave behind in the world? It's um I'll probably just say um definitely like Hello. Hello. Hey, I hear you. Okay, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear the question, the response you made. Um, now, I can't think of anything particular, but I'll say something like, something like, I don't know, I did my best with what I got. And... Hey. Um, and I hope that was just like, yeah, encourage everyone to just like do their best, but essentially like just doing something to leave the world a better place. And it doesn't matter what it is that I'm good at. If it's like, if I got good vocals, then I'm going to use that to make the world a better place. But 
yeah, um, yeah, I'll say okay. that. Make the world a better place. What's yours? Awesome. What's your legacy? Oh, what's my what legacy? I, I would do the same, and that my whatever I do, I do it with all my heart. And when I give, I give with all my heart. So whenever someone, someone asks who, if you remember who I were, they'll say whatever she did, she gave it with her whole heart. Yeah, that's mine. That's what I, I would like to leave behind for my children and for, for me. And because of the three R, recharge, rebuild, and restore, what would you say that you, you, your season are you in right now? Oh, man. Decision on me right now. Like I say, a lot of the times I feel like a baby from a point of like a lot of the stuff is just new to me. Um, right. so I might not even have names for them because I probably haven't run. I probably haven't run through most of the seasons I'm going through right now, right. at least two times in my life, right? But um, well. I'll probably say, I mean the. I'm in the, oh, you got to be a better man fast uh, season. Because mm. 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 you know what it is? It's kind of like that feeling of like, it's, and you kind of, like, you get a, I feel like you get a good, and I read this somewhere, like, man are stupid to the age of 30. And I'm right. like, man, I hope, from the age of, to the age of 25 and 30, and I'm like, man, I hope I run out. My time would be stupid because... I need to be. I need to be on some responsible stuff. I need to be right. on point. Right. I can't be like messing up. But um, yeah, it's kind of like you get to that stage where it's like you still got a shot. Like I still got a shot, but it's like, man, you got about five more years to get this right. If you don't, you know, it's like when the because I feel like when you get to the thirty, right. a lot of things are not gonna be cute. You know, like when you like eighteen. Oh, you need just nice clothes to be cute. When you're 30, now nah, you need your life in order to be cute, right? Right. Because there, uh, there comes responsibility. Yeah, exactly. You know, get you mm -hmm. a good job. But mm -hmm. so I'm mm -hmm. definitely that season of like, man, you better be starting to get to be a better man because so you miss all, this, you're, 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 a lot of regret. So you will say that you are in the you have the whole three then recharge, rebuild, and restore, or you could just say you are you would you say that you you are rebuilding right now? Um yeah, you know what? I think now I'm back to building. Before I was on a restoring. Um yeah, I'll probably say I'm kinda like I'm building right now. You can say that. Right, right. Because you're building to get where you want to go. So when you turn you in a comfortable place that you know exactly, okay, I know what I'm doing now. I got it. I, I understand it. I work hard to achieve it. And now I'm appreciating it, right? That's the goal. Definitely. That's the goal. That's the goal. So, Mr. Mr. Saul, with all that said, tell the audience something. Do you want to give them a quote, a song, or some inspiring words? Uh, Speak to the young people. I think a song. I think a song. Well, a song, a quote, or inspiring words. You can just say something to the young people if you like. Uh, what, man, what, what, what encouraging I, words? What encouraging word can you say to the young people? I probably would say. I want to say something like you got this, but it feels a little corny. 
because I was thinking about I'm like sometimes sometimes in life especially when you're like working sometimes all you need is just someone to just tell you like you got it just to like keep going you know it's like especially when you have a goal and a dream and stuff and like ain't nobody like you're not even needing anything from people you just need someone to just say you know what you got this and so that's probably something I'll feel like people would need like just to like know like now nah, you got this because it's not going to always feel like you got it you know and it's worse too when everybody around not only is everybody around you not telling you you don't got it but like not even like you know not even telling you the opposite so like i think a lot of people would um would struggle with just like that whole anxiety of like do i mm -hmm. got it do i not and and even if you don't got it it's like you know you don't got it if you like keep trying, but um, I say for sure, get out of the house. Get out of the house. That's one thing. Um, get out of your house and and you and, got yeah, it. Just, and yeah, you try got to, it. Yeah, try to minimize that social media. Right, right. But get out of the house. And and you just have to say because I know you got it. You got it, and I'm so proud of you that you're doing so well with all your struggles, but you are getting there, and just stay focused, stay humble. Um, don't don't um, feel that you're never too old or too young to learn. Always keep on learning. Always keep on asking the right questions, and never say a, a question is a stupid question. Every question that you ask, you will get an answer to it. So never be shy of doing that. And I'm so proud of you. I really are. And thank you for joining me on the podcast. No, I appreciate you for sure. You know that. Yes, I do. And, and thank um, you. And thank you too. And you have a great day, Mr. Saul. And I'll talk to you soon. Just that. A uh, good way to end. And um, talk to you soon, Angie Rosalyn. Thank you. Bye.